الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونعوذ به من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله الرزاق ذو القوة المتين خلقكم وصوركم ثم قال للملائكة اسجدوا لآدم وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه ومن أحسن من الله قيلا أما بعد Dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters This is the first week of Ramadan And we are observing The technical fast at least That means we are not eating And not drinking And not indulging our desires during the daylight hours of this month and so I think we should take a closer look at what this means besides the physical not eating and drinking etc during this month what does it mean what are what is all of this about I would like to bring to your attention something that seems to be generally absent from our public mind and that is we have our personal character and we have our social character each one of us has his unique personality and each one of us thinks about him or herself in a larger conglomerate or society of people 
in the first instance we think about our own selves I think most Muslims are aware of their own selves and so that is left up to however way you think and conduct think about yourself and conduct yourself as an individual and the meanings of fasting as far as your personal life is concerned brings spiritual and physical and mental benefits and you can experience that in your personal life the area which we have not worked our minds on is our social character we're supposed to have a social character but have you ever thought about yourself in a social context you are one but you are one who's supposed to be part of a larger body the prophet of allah may allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his says Al-Mu'minuna ikhwa. Committed Muslims are brothers of each other. Mathalu, another hadith he says, Mathalu al-Mu'minina fi tawaddihim wa tarahumihim wa ta'atufihim ka mathali al-jasad al-wahid. The equivalent of committed Muslims in as far as their feelings for each other, their affection towards each other, their concern for each other is like one body. If a part of this body begins to fail, the whole body comes to its rescue. This area we have not developed thoroughly in our mind. Now, let's go with this frame of reference. Let's go to some ayat in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hijr, says ذرهم يأكلوا ويتمتعوا ويلههم الأمل فسوف يعلمون Allah is saying to his prophet leave them alone and have them eat and enjoy their life and be distracted by their expectations because eventually they will come to know the truth of the matter now give it your fasting mind give this ayah your fasting mind Allah is saying have them leave them alone and have them eat and enjoy life and be entertained by their false hopes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us we the committed Muslim of course in this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling his prophet that there's no use these types of people are not going to see the light of day. 
what you are saying to them is not going to register with them. So he's saying, have them eat. Okay, now we're in Ramadan and we should take a few minutes of our time to say, why is Allah saying to them, have them eat? We all eat. Whether he says it or not, they're going to be eating. And he tells us, وَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا in the ayat of al-siyam. وَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا You eat and you drink. حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ Eat and drink. He's telling us to eat and drink. And he's telling these, this other society, he's telling us as a society, and he's telling them as a society, He's using the same word, but in a different context. Meaning, they're this contrarian society, the one that's opposed to Allah and His Prophet, have it continue to eat. Because that is one of their major objectives. They... They feel the enjoyment of eating. They eat because there is a lust in them to eat. We Muslims, and we should become more aware of this when we are fasting, we don't eat to satisfy the lust of the stomach. The Prophet of Allah in another hadith says, حَسَبُوا إِبْنِ آدَمْ لُقَيْمَاتٍ يُقِمْنَ بِهَا صُلْبًا It's enough for the child of Adam a few bites of food that will, literally speaking, that will make, that will make him erect. Which in other words means that will make him function. Just hasab ibn Adam luqaymat. Small bites of food. This Ramadan, if it takes its course in our total being, not just our physical bodies, but our corresponding non-physical existence, we exist in a non-physical way. We think, we feel. This is not a function of our muscles or our digestive system or any other system in our body. If we are absorbing the meanings of fasting, we should realize that we don't eat to satisfy a love of eating. We eat to dispel the effects of hunger. Now, we are fasting Ramadan. Maybe inshallah I will develop this a little more in some future khutbah. But during this month of Ramadan, we experience hunger. Voluntarily, Allah tells us, to fast during the month of Ramadan and when we fast we feel hunger 
We feel thirst. We should know that there are people in this world who involuntarily experience extended hunger and thirst. It's not a limited time period. We're like us. We fast during the month of Ramadan or a few other days or weeks during the year. And we have the food and we have the provisions galore. Other people literally are dying because they don't have what we have. There is a, a remedy Actually, it's a method of treatment called homeopathy. And that method of treatment, and it's even the inoculation when you take shots, it's even part of that medical philosophy or medical method. And that is likeness cures likeness. If someone is suffering from an ailment homeopathic medicine has it that you take in very minute amounts extremely small amounts of the element that is causing you your ailment and the body is supposed to respond to that the immune system is supposed to be stimulated by that so that whatever disease you may have will eventually recede and go away our fasting and the same thing with shots when someone goes to get an inoculation they give him a dose of the type of pathogen or the type of virus that is almost knocked out it's not in its full force it's almost knocked out it goes into the body and the body is supposed to begin to deal with that weak form of illness and it builds from there and the disease is conquered our fasting serves that purpose likeness cures likeness our hunger is and it's a limited hunger it's not an extended hunger no one is expected to, to fast the whole year we are expected to fast the month of Ramadan fasting during the month of Ramadan meaning experiencing hunger is supposed to defeat the hunger in society the hunger in an individual is supposed to defeat the hunger in society the hunger in a congregation is supposed to defeat the hunger in a continent we ask ourselves are we aware of this type of maturity that is taking whether it's supposed to be taking place during the month of Ramadan the problem is individuals in materialistic secular 
non-observant societies, they are creatures of their bodies. In our Islamic way of life, our bodies are creatures of our determination. The body doesn't take control of us, we take control of our bodies. And there are more than ample ayat in the Qur'an that speak about these types of people, especially when they are in power and when they have influence. There are some other ayat in the Qur'an in which Allah speaks about affluent societies. I'm going to quote just one ayah. I've written, I have in front of me a few of them. Allah has given you an analogy of a flourishing society that was safe and at ease with itself. Its provisions are coming to it in affluence, in abundance, from every direction. Do you think of any society in our world today that meets this definition? Use your mind. فَكَثَرَتْ بِأَنْعُمِ اللَّهِ It did not appreciate Allah's blessings and bounties. فَأَذَاقَهَا اللَّهُ لِبَاسَ الْجُوعِ وَالْخَوْفِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ What followed that is Allah had it experience the the Allah had it subjected to the cover of hunger and fear. This is, what ha- this is what's going to happen to these materialistic societies in which the body imposes its will not only on individuals but on society itself. And that is that type of punishment comes, it is due because of what they fabricated with their own hands. This is what will happen to these societies. You know, they have fast food. They are fast fools. Instead of taking time with what you eat, appreciating what you have, thinking about those who are deprived and denied. This is where our our psychology and our body fit in together. And not just, oh, we fasted right now, then we're going to eat three meals during the night. This is how many Muslims flunk Ramadan. They physically don't eat or drink. They meet the physical requirements of fasting. But when night comes, they reverse everything they did during the day. And so there is no mature, there is no maturity that comes out of Ramadan. 
Sa'urikum, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the ayah that I just quoted is from Surah Al-Nahl. This one is from Surah Al-Anbiya. Sa'urikum ayati fala tasta'jilun. I'm going to show you, Allah is saying to humanity, I'm going to show you the demonstrations of my power and authority. So don't I'm going to give you, the, I'm going to use another word to give you the gist of what the ayah is saying. Allah is saying, I'm going to show you what I can do because of your disobedience. So don't bug me. Don't poke me for speed. Meaning, don't tell me to have it happen now. This is what happens when our personal individuality wants the punishment of society to happen on our clock. The punishment of society comes due when the time is ripe, when Allah decrees it, not when I think it's going to happen. No. So when Allah's prophets were communicating, and and all of these prophets, they had a form of fasting. We're not the first people in the world who were fasting and remain to be fasting. There are other people who are fed. They have their own forms of fasting. Some of them may just drink water and not eat. Some of them, they just abstain from meat on certain weeks of the year and they'll eat anything else. And there's different definitions of fasting. And alhamdulillah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us an accurate definition of fasting we have an accurate definition but we don't have the minds to dig out the values and the benefits of this type of fasting how many muslim specialists whether they are fiqhi specialists or medical specialists or scientific specialists or researcher specialists, how many of them have brought to us the effects of Ramadan that they can observe within their own discipline? How many? Barely none, barely any. This is where we are. We lag behind. And this, I hope and pray, this Ramadan will have us catch up with where we are supposed to be. I beg your pardon as the next segment of the khutbah would take about 10 or 15 minutes and maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us the opportunity and the time frame to express it in a following khutbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Bani Adam, khudu zinatakum inda kulli masjid وَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا وَلَا تُسْرِفُوا إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُسْرِفِينَ O children of Adam, take to your places of sujood your best appearance, your most attractive in the innocent sense type of appearance, and eat and drink. We can eat and, we, and most of the things in, the, in this world 
are halal and eat and drink but not but don't overdo it don't eat and drink excessively remember this when you break your fast when you are hungry after 15 hours more or less you come and the food is in front of you remember the ayah this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking eat Allah is saying drink Allah is saying but don't overdo it don't eat too much don't drink too much and then he says innahu la yuhibbul musrifeen indeed he allah jalla sha'nu does not favor does not like does not love those who eat and drink excessively you're fasting you spent 15 and 16 hours fasting in our time frame here that's the amount of time we spent fasting do you want to end that fast during the day by overeating and knowing Allah doesn't love you is that what you want to do the ayat are in front of you the information is explained to you to us so let us be careful with our obedience to Allah. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ودعوه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة. الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم. وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم My dear brothers and sisters In this month of Ramadan we should expect ourselves to have gone up at least a couple of notches in our awareness of the real world Allah didn't create us to run away from reality Allah didn't give us responsibilities to look the other way and not carry these responsibilities we live in a real world in which just a few individuals you can count them on the fingers of both hands not more than that eight individuals ten individuals five depending on your source of information not more than a dozen in the whole world that have they own more than half of mankind the population of the world I don't know I don't know the last number but it's around maybe seven and a half billion let's make it for the purposes of math 
let's make it 7.4 billion. These 5, 10, or 15 individuals, they have the wealth of three, more than 3.7 billion human beings. And do they feel? This is what happens when people follow their body's desires. They're not following a higher principle, a revealed value, a scriptural standard. They're not concerned with any of that. What they are concerned with is they want things for their own selves. And this is the world that we have. So in this world, when people have, and there's few of them, and many, many populations do not have, are we supposed to close our eyes, shut down our ability to listen, and act as if we can't speak? Is this who we are as Muslims? Let us take a look at this problem of the concentration of wealth and power in the land of Mecca and Al Medina. Let's begin with that. Mecca and Al Medina do not belong to a royal family. Mecca and Al Medina are opened to all Muslims of the world and to all of humanity. This is the correct way of understanding Allah and His Prophet. <coughs> These people who control Mecca and Al Medina, they have made it available only to those who agree with them. If you disagree with them, it is extremely difficult to go there or you can't go there at all. This is the real world. And we're fasting in this month of Ramadan. And fasting doesn't mean that we can't point out. We can't point to those who are responsible for the deprivation. The spiritual deprivation and the physical deprivation of Muslims and humanity. What do you say in this month of Ramadan? This is the month of Ramadan. And this Saudi ruling family is targeting dissidents those who disagree with it this month of ramadan they're doing this they're after those who are critical of the way they are politically and strategically and militarily behaving so that of all of all people in the world and this is in the news in the past few days multiple news sources the CIA the Central Intelligence Agency goes to the Norwegian government and tells them that the Saudi government that's their words they intend to liquidate I'm paraphrasing I can't remember the exact word they intend to kill a person who's living in Norway, he's Palestinian originally, he left the United Arab Emirates in 2015 because he was critical 
of the oppressive regimes. You remember when there was what was called the Arab Spring? He took the side of the people. He's a legal activist. So Norway gave him residence or asylum. I can't remember the exact description. And he's now, this, because he's very active in, this, in social media, he has a lot of followers. Now the Saudis are going after him. The Saudi royals are going after, they want to kill him. And not only him, there's another Saudi dissident in Canada, in Montreal, Canada. He was also contacted and told, you better watch yourself because people are out, the Saudi crowd, the Saudi royal crowd is out to kill you. There's another individual in the United States whose name was not disclosed. He didn't, wanna, he, he didn't want his name to be mentioned in the media. Who's also on a hit list targeted by the Saudi criminals who Ramadan to them doesn't mean anything. Al-Ashhur al-Hurum to them for sacred peaceful months of the year doesn't mean anything to them. Then we have, during this past week, demonstrators <coughs> in Libya demonstrating in front of the Saudi embassy in Tarablus, Libya. You see, this is, this is our problem as Muslims. We are occasional Muslims. When the Saudis, Emiratis, and Egyptians, the rulers in these three countries, when they interfered in the internal affairs of Libya, then the Libyan Muslims began to react. You see how we react? You would think if there is a substantial amount of awareness and responsibility in the Muslim congregations of the world, they would be reacting like this. They take issue with the Saudis every day and every year, not on occasions. But this is what we have. True or not? And then you have the Saudi Arabian Minister of Religious Affairs, Abdul Latif Al Shaykh. He's a public figure, so it's no problem mentioning his name in public. He said this, al ikhwanul I quote, Al-Ikhwanul Muslimun A'zamu Sharrin Ala Al-Ummah. The Muslim Brotherhood is the worst type of evil inflicted on the Ummah. Jama'atul Ikhwani Akhadat Tanhur Fi Jasadil Ummah Wa'amma Sharruha. This organization of Al-Ikhwan began to infest the Ummah, dig in like a termite inside the Ummah. This is what he's saying. And then it's evil has proliferated all over the place. It's Evil has gone into the Muslims and those who are not Muslims. Remember, this is the Saudi Arabia 
who used to give the same people that it is now condemning, used to give them passports and used to give them um, stipends and used to give them positions and used to give them very high ranking uh, status in its own institutions. And we're not talking many, many years back, up until recently, this has been the case. And then he goes on to say that this, these, this group of Al-Ikhwan has to be exposed, it has to come clean, everyone has to see its, its evil, basically, that's what he was saying. Now, <coughs> we don't violate any standard of fasting if we point out the deviations <coughs> that are causing us all of these problems. Let me tell you this, one way of looking at this Saudi and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasten its collapse of the Saudi regime. When it comes to the Saudis, when it comes to facing off with Islamic Iran, they play on the nationalist chord. They want the Arabs to feel that they are nationalists vis-a-vis -vis Iran. This was demonstrated in their own maps, in their own schools, in their own institutions. In the 1950s and 60s and 70s, the gulf, that, that, that body of water between the Arabian Peninsula and, and Persia, which is referred to either as the Persian Gulf or the Arabian Gulf. In Saudi Arabia, when there was a leader in Egypt who, as far as rhetoric is concerned, he was anti-Israel. And they were anti-Nasr. And their hate of Abdul Nasr, I'm not here to praise Abdul Nasr, I'm here to expose the Saudis. Their hate of Abdul Nasr had them say that this body of water is called the Persian Gulf that was in their schools, it was in their institutions, it was all over the place. The Persian Gulf, Al-Khalij, Al-Farisi. Now, they've turned the other way around. Now that there is an Islamic willpower in Iran, and they feel threatened, just like they were felt threatened by Egypt, 50, 60 years ago. Now they change these maps and they call the same, the same geographical area that was called officially, educationally, popularly. Year, many years ago, Al-Khalij Al-Farisi, the Persian Gulf, now they call it Al-Khalij Al-Arabi. So when it comes to what they perceive, their perception is wrong, but they perceive Iran to be a threat to them, an immediate threat to them. Iran is much more developed than to be an immediate threat to them. But their survival instincts tell them that this is an enemy, so they change. 
they become now nationalists. They were against the nationalism of Abdul Nasser and now they are espousing nationalism when it comes to an Islamic orientation in Iran. They are against Hezbollah and Syria. But they can't deal with Hezbollah and Syria with nationalism. These are Arabs. So what do they do here? They play the sectarian card. Hezbollah and Syria are Shi'is. And therefore you Sunnis who are listening to us, you should understand that these are enemies and oppose them. They play the nationalist propaganda against Islamic Iran. They play the sectarian propaganda against Hezbollah and Syria. And I'm not here to defend the Syrian government. I'm here to expose the Saudis. And then when it comes to the Palestinians, they can't say the Palestinians are not Arabs. They can't say the Palestinians are not Sunnis. So what are they going to do? Here they play the secular card. They are against the Palestinians because the Palestinians are going in an Islamic direction. So they want to put down this Palestinian resistance and fight against Zionist colonialism. So they tell their crowd, whoever tunes in to their mass media, that the Palestinians in Hamas, in Jihad, in the other Palestinian resistance movement, they say, oh, these are not secular, so they're, they're wrong. And we have to be opposed to them. What do they leave? What type of people are we speaking about? And don't we have enough clarity of mind in Ramadan to trace their criminal policies? And then we have, let me just, I, I didn't do the calculations. Someone did some calculations. And because right now there is a movement, a political movement in the United States to classify Al-Ikhwan al-Muslimin as a terrorist organization. Anyone who understands Al-Ikhwan Muslimin will tell you they're the furthest from being a terrorist organization. But this is the Zionist poison in American policies. So, you wanna, does it, so one of these individuals, he calculated these people, Al-Ikhwan Al-Muslimin, individuals, members belonging to that organization, they spent in all of these years over 30,000 years in prison. Over 30,000 years in prison. This is a terrorist. And they haven't, you know, fought back. How can you say this is a terrorist organization? Thousands of them were executed. Tens of thousands of them were killed. And they still say, we don't want to carry arms. And regardless of these facts, the Zionist diktat necessitates that it be designated as a terrorist organization. And would you know it? 
one of the Saudi shuyukh, one sheikh in Saudi Arabia, he appears on television, either today or yesterday. He appears on Saudi television and he begins to explain to the viewers the meaning of Najmat Dawood, the star of David. Imagine a Saudi alim explaining to a Muslim audience the meaning of the star of David. Listen to what he said. This is, this is what we get when we don't have a responsible Ramadan. For all of these years, how many times have we been fasting and we shut our eyes, we close our ears, and we seal our mouths? That's what we do. He comes and he says, you know, in the history of the Jews, they were enslaved in Egypt. And they were the ones in their slavery who were forced to build the pyramids. And you see the pyramid has a triangular shape. So they took the triangle because the Star of David, which has six points, it's a combination of two triangles, an upside down triangle and an upside right triangle. When you put them together, these two triangles, you come out with the Star of David. He's explaining this to the Muslims. And then he's telling them that this designation refers to their history. When they were slaves, that's when the pyramid was down and now when they are masters of their own destiny, when the pyramid is up. And between the, these, this is on Saudi public, I, I can't say for sure, but probably satellite TV station, potentially millions upon millions in the month of Ramadan are watching and listening to this. And then he comes and says, above this, and then he, t he tells them, an Arab public who don't understand Hebrew unless you know some of them who are from colonized Palestine he says the Jews call it Magin David Dera Yahud the Dera Dawood the shield of Dawood Prophet Dawood he made a mistake in his presentation he said that the the Jews consider Musa alayhi salam to be their Number, almost like saying their number one prophet but then they honor other prophets and then he enlisted Dawood as one of their prophets the Jews don't consider Dawood to be a prophet they consider him to be a king but this person doesn't understand and he's, he's speaking he has the facility to express himself to those who are consuming information which I don't know why he's saying this. Is this one of these introductory steps to a full recognition of the Zionist colonization of the Holy Land? And then he goes say, and above this Magan David, Dera Dawood, 
Above it, there are two green, uh, blue lines. And he said, maybe this refers to the Nile River and the Euphrates River. Why, why? Ask yourself, in the month of Ramadan, this person is beginning to propagate for those who are killing us? In the month of Ramadan, we can't open our eyes and see what's happening to us. This is what's happening. A Eastern Orthodox high-ranking Christian clergyman, Al-Mutran Atalla Hanna. This is a Christian. And he has more dignity in him than many of these Muslims who are in a coma during Ramadan and during the rest of the year. He says, I'm quoting him, However much they spend of this political money, they're going to reach a dead end. He's talking about the money that's going around from the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and the rest of these filthy rich physically fasting Muslims in Ramadan, they're going to reach a dead end. And he further goes on to say, This deal of the century does not exist. Muslims, listen to a Christian. We will wait another 100 years. Without us negotiating away one scintilla of our homeland. You wish that Muslims who are fasting during these, this holy month of Ramadan can repeat similar determination and similar statement. And then we have in the news, just in the past few days, the Egyptian government is going to change the name of 516 masjids in Egypt. It's estimated that Egypt has around 108,000 masjids. And they're beginning to change the names of these masajid. And in addition to that, in the month of Ramadan, the Egyptian government has forbid microphones and amplifiers that can be heard outside the masjid. And then during tarawih prayers, in many of these masajid, there's what is called a khatira, an idea. And the imam, after the eighth rakah in many places, after some other rakat in other places, would stand up and express some meanings of the Qur'an or the Prophet's hadith. The Egyptian gover- government now regime has limited that presentation to 10 minutes. 
And they're doing this while we are fasting. What can we say? Today, thousands of Muslims tried to make their way to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. And of course, harassment is always there. These Zionist underarms have roadblocks all over the place. This is our first Qibla, brothers and sisters. This is our third Haram. And this is what we have during the month of Ramadan. In the past 50 years, for your information, and you see, we have occasional Muslims. The last Friday of this month, a few other Muslims will show up to say that they support the Palestinian issue. If you support the Palestinian, Palestinian issue, you don't support it on occasions. You support it in every cell in your body. And you can't... And you can't express this issue, this burning issue, in the conscience of the Muslims in the world, in the masajid, throughout the year. Oh, one Jumu'ah, that's it. In the past 50 years, 50,000 Palestinian children were arrested and detained. 50,000. 2,094 of them since the year 2000, in the past 18 and a half years, 2,094 children were killed. You're supposed to have feelings of mercy and compassion in this month of Ramadan. What does that mean to you when you listen and when you know these types of facts? And then we have the occupant of the white they call it the White House. Right now we should call it the White Palace or the White Mansion. He is congratulating the Muslims on Ramadan. At, in, this, at, in the same breath that he is giving the Zionist colonists of the Holy Land, Al-Quds, the Golan Heights, and the West Bank, in the coming months, if things continue the way they are continuing. And then he comes, he dare come, and he tells, says, Muslims are terrorists. Muslims are not to be permitted into this country. Profiling of Muslims, discrimination against Muslims. And then he says, I congratulate the Muslims on the beginning of the month of Ramadan. Brothers and sisters, I don't know, only Allah knows when the empire is going to expire. Only Allah knows that. We are not societies, we are individuals. And we know our lifespan and we should be, and we should know the lifespan of societies. But with all the indications, especially now they are moving their just in today's news, four B-52 bombers landed in Al-Udaid, the American military base in Qatar. What are they doing there? The Abra SSS Abraham Lincoln and another warship, aircraft carriers. They're on their way to the Gulf. What is all of this about? It's all about the expiring of an empire. 
and if they go down that hell hole they will regret it they will regret it big time they don't listen to reason they don't listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they don't listen to the facts they are driven by their egos and their self-centered policies and that's a prescription for doom and gloom Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ajtinaabah wa la taj'alhu multabisan alayna waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama rabbana innana sami'na munadiyan yunadi lil-eeman أن آمنوا بربكم فآمنا ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا صل وسلم وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وصل وسلم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة